Don't say anything. Just let the music take its place. He's waving me Shape off. a space. Open up a space. Let the music do its job. Yeah. So good. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We're back at Theology on Mission. I, I think, uh, what did you do to this place? It's got uh, this fuzzy styrofoam toxic uh, uh, something or other on the walls. What did you do? Yeah, to... You know, the music creates a space, but, you know, we also need space for the sound. So I put a bunch of soundproofing material up on three of the four walls here. Is it toxic? uh, I mean, if you chew on it, yeah, I guess, probably. Well, you never know with our podcast, I'll tell you. We chew on a uh, lot of things on our podcast. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So we're going to... Dub this the Griffith Recording Studio, so that's kind of our halfway point. Even there. though Griffith had nothing to do with, yeah, he had nothing. To do, but it's just for you. It's like comfort. He food. didn't donate if any we money. Call it the Griffith Recording Studio. You'll stop pining for the other one. All right. Actually, I feel better about it already. Yeah, because all the crap's out of here and walls are. I got a nicer table, although you don't like the table. We'll throw up a video or something on about our new studio. Well, let's throw some pictures or something. You deserve a lot of credit for this. This is an outstanding, well, it's not an outstanding place, but it's, it's, I'm feeling better about it since you did all this work on it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hey, Dave, are you ready to get started? We are ready, ladies and gentlemen. Theology on Mission podcast number... What number are we? I don't know what number it is, but we are on season two. It's roughly our fourth or fifth episode. Season two, ladies and gentlemen. Take it away. All right. Let's get started. For those longing to connect theology and mission, we're talking about God and everything else. From Northern Seminary, in partnership with Missio Alliance, I'm Jeff Holsklaw, along with David Fitch, and this is Theology on Mission. All right, Dave. So you sent me something, and you're like, "Hey, this is good. We got to incorporate this into our class, into our class where we teach theology uh, and mission, or rather, church and culture." And this is article by Andrew Walls called "Converts or Proselytes: Right the Crisis of Conversion in Early in the Early Church." So this Andrew Walls is a, a former missionary in Sierra Leone and Nigeria and the director for the Center of the Study of Christianity um, in the non-Western world. He's a great guy. He's written a lot for a long well, time. Andrew's, Andrew's in Edinburgh currently. Yeah, that th- this article is over 10 years old, and you're reading a bio from 10 years ago, but it, it's so good. You and I are always looking for ways to think through the issues of church in culture, church in mission. Uh, and so, yeah, I was reading this over, uh, what, a couple of days ago and uh, went into, ran into your office and said, hey, I think this is a good piece that we need to uh, implement in the Theology of Church and Culture course. You're teaching it for me this year because I am on sabbatical. Yeah, nice to have all those I sabbaticals. I much needed sabbat All these sabbaticals? All I don't think sabbaticals. so. I don't think so. But but anyways, uh, so so let's start out with the question of why this is so important to understand for those of us who would be uh, leading churches into mission. Why is this so important? I mean, I contend, basically, that if we would move our churches into mission, we must go from proselytization modes of discipleship to conversion modes of discipleship, from proselytizing people to leading them into the conversion of the gospel through the Holy Spirit. What's the difference? 
What is the difference between proselytization and conversion? What is it, Jeff? Take a stab. <laughs> Take a stab. Well, it seems that Walls is making this distinction between proselytizing, which is to change from one culture and basically to turn into another culture, and that uh, to change a religion is really to leave everything behind uh, in the past, who you were and your identities, and to move into a totally different culture. Um, whereas conversion is to keep the same identity, but to hold on to it very differently. And so the idea, and he goes back to the early church and the disputes in that you get in Galatians and in Acts, Acts 15 particularly. Well, is, Acts 15 is the fulcrum point right. uh, from which we go from proselytizing church to conversion church. And so the idea is that proselytizing would mean Judaizing, which is people who follow Christ actually need to become Jews. So even though salvation comes through Christ alone, there was the idea that, well, Jesus was Jewish, and so therefore to follow Jesus would mean naturally the Messiah is to follow uh, all the Jewish ways. And so you would stop being a Gentile in one sense, and you would become Jewish to follow Jesus. But the church, I think, said no. Well, uh, the Jerusalem Council, chapter 15 of Acts, um, changed the way we think about conversion. You know, uh, there is no God in Christ apart from the nation of Israel. There is no uh, taking Israel out of our history as Christians. That's the last thing we would want to do. Some people call it supersessionism. That's not uh, what I think uh, Andrew Walls is talking about. But there was a shift. I mean, you can understand the first uh, Christians were all Jews. They had no, known nothing but Jew- Judaism and, and the religion of the of the Torah. And so for them, uh, to be a Christian was to recognize Jesus as Messiah and Lord, meaning Adonai, and, and to basically see the fulfillment of the completion of the Old Testament or the Torah. And so naturally, uh, people who would uh, be baptized into Christianity were baptized, in a sense, into uh, 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 also a, a rigorous, I mean, they would keep on following the law. They would keep on getting circumcised. The, all of that that part of the Jewish faith would become even more real and more self-understanding. But when we go into Antioch and then into uh, the Hellenistic world, the question is, do you still need to be circumcised? Do you still need to have the same sort of adherence to the Torah and to uh, the various um, interpretations of the law surrounding the Torah? And do we need to eat or disdain eating meat offered to idols? And so now the question becomes, how do we enter into a culture that is not Israel? So when it comes to proselytizing, we need to remember that like a lot of times when it comes to like the Pharisees, we always give them a bad rap. Uh, but really, they were the ones trying to be faithful. And I think the same thing is true with the Judaizers, is they're saying, well, there was this process by which Gentiles were received into uh, Judaism, which was this, in a sense, transformation of their whole lives according to Torah. And so now that we are believers in Christ, wouldn't we use the same method? And shouldn't the Gentiles then uh, enter this a proselytizing process and, uh, and leave their culture behind and adopt another culture? And the church in one sense, said, uh, yes, we could see why you would think that, but Paul was adamant, especially in Galatians and in other places, that no, we didn't want to do that. Rather, Christ brings about a conversion of 
all identities, not merely the switching of one identity for another right. identity. And I think this, this is idea so crucial, of man. conversion, yeah, is absolutely crucial. And so just to sum up before you jump back in, Dave, as uh, Walls says that the Greek-speaking Jews were negotiating someone else's culture when they were living in the, you know, the diaspora. They were negotiating someone else's culture while retaining their own identity. That at, and in one sense, proselytizing would be to do the same thing. But the Greek Christians were negotiating their own culture while expressing a Christian identity. And so there's this distinction here between uh, where is our identity found, and it's not necessarily connected to our culture. Um, so, Yeah, and so all this is found in the uh, article by Andrew Walls, W-A-L-L-S, Converts or proselyte, Proselytes. Question mark. The crisis over conversion in the early church. That's from uh, the uh, the old International Bulletin of Missiology or Missional Missionary Research. Uh, and you can actually get, if you just Google those words, you can get it online. Maybe you should put that in the notes uh, for... Uh, yeah, we'll get that posted. Uh, yeah, yeah, but just so just to make a, a quick uh, maybe summary of these the difference between proselyte and convert. Proselytization is the passing on of a set of cu- customs, way of life, where a salvation has been worked out in one culture, and you're transplanting that into another culture. Right? You are not. So you're transplanting a salvation worked out in one culture and putting it into another culture. Conversion, on the other hand, is entering a new culture and seeing all of it as converted one piece at a time through authentic conversion, turning it to Christ. Uh, I quote you probably one of the best uh, sentences in this entire piece. Um, Wall says, conversion is the call to live within one's originating culture according to one's new Christian identity. Disturbing, challenging, altering the conventions of that life, but doing so from the inside, doing so from having been in the existing, the new culture, disturbing, challenging, altering the conventions of that culture, but doing so from the inside. You're not carrying a prepackaged salvation from another culture and implanting it into the new culture you are implant you are implanting yourself into the new culture and allowing the gospel to disturb it all and discern it all one piece at a time so continuing with walls he says uh quote uh new believers were not jewish proselytes but were greek converts and so therefore it was their calling to open up the ways of thinking the ways of speaking and acting characteristic of hellenistic society in the Roman East Mediterranean to the influences of Christ. Those ways needed to be turned to Christ or converted to him until he was in flesh there and securely at home in the Hellenistic Mediterranean. And so in one sense, conversion is a way, is it's as you say a lot of times, it's it's the way Christ is continually incarnated in the world. And that if, if for all people and that merely proselytizing would not be incarnating Christ for all people in the world. It would just be staying in one place with one culture. But this happens in the church even today. Is that not true? Right. Uh, okay, just let me parse out this just a little bit more. Like like the, the proselytizing happens uh, most obviously in the New Testament by the Judaizers. So Galatians is all about why we shall not be Judaizers in the Christian faith. We shall discern. We shall not adopt... Um, becoming an Israelite 
lock, stock, and barrel. We shall discern what it means to be a Christian, extending all the wisdom and truth of the gospel uh, that comes forth from Israel into a new culture. The, the proselytization almost always looks like conformity. You conform to this. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't go to movies, don't dance, blah, 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 blah. Do do things this way. Wear this kind of clothes. Don't uh, grow long hair. This is not a problem for you or me for that matter. (laughs) Don't grow long hair. Keep short hair if you're a male, et cetera. Um, And and on the other hand, uh, when we enter into uh, the world as converts, it's a transformation of all things from inside. Um, The first one, proselytization, is safe. It's almost rote. The second one is risky. It depends on the Holy Spirit. Uh, But it requires day-to-day faithfulness. Uh, You can, I I think, check me out on this. I think in proselytizing work, it's, it's a little more, you can coast a little bit. Hey, I don't have to think through what I'm doing. But when I send my son to public school, do I want him to be a proselyte? Wait, proselyte? That's hard to say. Or I can't say it either. A convert. Do you, when you send your son out into the world, want him to be a proselyte or a convert? Answer me that, Jeff Holzclaw. A convert. Because? Uh, because I think it is the way of Christ, and I think it cultivates wisdom, um, and I think it's really hard. I, th- uh, I think it's not just the Judaizers who wanted this process of uh, proselytization to go on. Uh, it was even the Greek converts. A lot of Greek converts would have been fine. All right, I'll do this. I'll adopt it. And then you don't have to discern, as you were saying, what life in Christ looks like in every area of your life. And so uh, how are we as Christians, as pastors, as ministers, how are we encouraging our church to the continual conversion of all things? To quote Daryl Gooder. Yes, right. The continual conversion of all things. And even uh, Richard Hayes talks about the conversion of imagination that happens uh, with the Christian scriptures and how... Um, and now we need to take, you know, there's also taking all things captive for Christ. And so the, the process of conversion is continuing always, and it's a really difficult process, and it's not something that uh, works out very clearly. I think it's really great. Uh, uh, so it's messy. So you were saying, uh, like, one way is safer and conversion yeah, is riskier. And he said, he has this great quote. He says, if any conservative-minded Jerusalem believer had read 1 Corinthians they would no doubt have found all of their fears about the decision of the Apostolic Council confirmed and would be doubly sure of the folly of leaving raw believers newly brought out from paganism without the guidance of the Torah. Right? You read 1 Corinthians, it's just a disaster. They can't figure out what to do. They're screwing everything up. And I'm sure the conservative Jewish-minded believers back in Jerusalem would have been like, see, we told you it's a disaster. Just give them the Torah, tell them what to do. It's messy. It will be safer. And Paul and the apostles said, no, that's not the way of Christ. Christ is converting us. It's going to be messy. They need to work it out on their own terms with their own identity in their own culture. And it's going to be tough. And this and he insisted about, upon it and he got almost mad. Well, not mad. He got he really did. hot yes. in Galatians. But let me let me just say that in, in a Christendom culture where, and this is a theme I know I come back to a lot, probably too much, but 
in a Christendom culture, we don't really have to worry too much about uh, discerning new things because it's a Christian culture. And when I go to school, public school, there's not too much that's going to upset me. Uh, the world is all nice and rosy. Um, but in a post-Christendom culture, when we have to um, discern all sorts of new engagements having to do with how are we going to engage, say, the movie theater. Ooh, there's some problems with movies. Do we, you know what? I saw a bad movie, uh, one that would take me down the wrong path. Does this mean now I have to reject all movies and just come inside my house in the basement and watch only Christian movies? Okay, so you can see that a proselyte culture tends to withdraw from society and say, only do this, and anything that challenges doing this is wrong. But not necessarily. A convert will go out and say, is this of God, or is this not? Is this the way of Christ? Can it be transformed, or must I reject it? And so piece by piece, the convert has to discern the way of Christ into the world. And what Andrew Walls does, and he makes a really good case for it, is that the proselyte culture never would have had to engage the world. It would have been a separatist uh, church separated from the rest of the world, and it never would have spread to the rest of the world. But instead, Paul insisted, the apostle and the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15 insisted, we shall enter the world. So Paul says, hey, go eat with Gentiles. And yes, you need to discern and know why you're eating meat with idols. And it's not always a good thing, but sometimes it's harmless. And sometimes it opens up space for the kingdom of God between you and that person around the table as you're eating meat. And so we cannot separate ourselves from all practices just willy-nilly because the Jews said we're not allowed to eat meat offered to idols or, in fact, eat with people who are not of the Jewish faith. This is the difference. This is the difference between proselytizing and conversion. We are sending people out into the world to live converted life before the world, invite the rest of the world into what the kingdom of God is doing to change the world and bring the kingdom in. And so this idea of conversion, it's really the process by which we hope and declare and believe that Jesus will become Lord of all things. And actually, the idea of naming Jesus as Lord, it was part of this conversion process. So when uh, Jewish Christians were going out to Antioch and other places where they were pagan people, saying Jesus is the Messiah didn't really, that doesn't mean much unless you have a very knowledgeable official who knows about Jewish religion. And so they started using uh, the term Jesus is Lord, which Curious. certainly has Old Testament uh, kind of background. And so they're still being faithful to the proclamation of who Jesus is. But saying Jesus is Lord connects with the pagan culture that, you know, because they have other lords. They have other gods that do these types of things. And so they're, be able, they're able to use that word to start migrating the gospel uh, into other areas that wouldn't have been possible in the proselytizing uh, understanding. And so conversion rather than proselytization is the way in which Jesus becomes Lord of all things. But it's not just Jesus. There's another person in the Trinity involved here. The Holy Spirit. But before you go on, I just want to say this is the kind of thing we're always dealing with at Northern Seminary. This is the kind of thing we're dealing with in the MA and Theology and Mission and the Culture courses. Actually, Scott McKnight might have something to say about that three-stage Christology that Andrew Walls is drawing on. As I learned it way, way, way back in the day when I was in seminary, uh, there, there, that was commonly accepted. Not so, I would say, today. But nonetheless, I'll go along with Andrew Walls here, that uh, Jesus as Lord was a form of extension as well as contextualization of what it means for the gospel to be spoken in the Hellenistic culture.
Right, right. So back to Jerusalem Council, uh, Acts 15, one of the key marks by which uh, this conversion was authenticated or kind of uh, tested and verified was the mark of the Holy Spirit, the transformed lives of pouring out of the Holy Spirit on these believers, starting, of course, with Cornelius' family. And so in every sense, the open-ended, unpredictable aspect of this process of conversion is not something we do on our own, but rather the Holy Spirit is at work guiding us. Amen. And so there's a very profound sense in which the conversion of the church and the world is the continuing work of the Holy Spirit. Right. And that leads to probably my final and last point. And that is that for any of this to take place, there needs to be a dynamic, functioning community of the Spirit. There needs to be a church that... uh, recognizes, facilitates the functionings of the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we have uh, the means to learn, grow, teach, extend the gospel, scripture, uh, wisdom into the world. Secondly, we need reconciliation, the, uh, the idea of coming together over conflict and disagreement, discerning it together under the lordship of, the Holy, of Jesus Christ through his spirit among us. We need practices like the table, it's ironic that one of the things we've talked about, it's not ironic, it's, it's actually instructive that uh, we keep talking about me- eating meat offered to idols was a key issue in the uh, New Testament church going into the Gentile world because eating was so important. Discerning what God is doing around the table was so important. We need to have these practices, the practices of the church, the Eucharist, to go and function, but it needs to be a dynamic one that is inhabiting the world as incarnation, not a proselytizing one that says you need to become like us in order to get through these doors. Amen. Amen. So, uh, and by the way, I do not believe John Flett apostolicity or say Andrew Walls does a very good job on that, that ecclesiological issue as part of the conversion process that must take place in the world through the church. All right, well, we'll have to talk about that another time. Another podcast. So uh, if you're interested in the New Testament roots of who Jesus was and how this all fit together, uh, the new masters in New Testament, headed up by Scott McKnight, just launched this week, but you can get in starting next quarter. And we also have, of course, our theology on our theology and mission masters with Dave and I, where we talk about these types of things uh, continuously. And come this spring, after my sabbatical, I'll be teaching mission-shaped church, which we'll be getting into a lot of those issues I just talked about. The the things that John Flett and Andrew Walls don't do, he's going to talk about. In That's an exaggeration. I don't mean to diss those two gentlemen. I'm just saying maybe they they need to think that out a little more. Well, Amen. let's just put it this way. I think it out a little bit more intentionally and um, somewhat differently than they do. All right. Well, speaking of the Holy Spirit who leads us in mission and uh, sanctifies and uh, makes us whole, uh, we're going to jump into Fitch versus Fitch because you said something a little I thought you were getting rid of in, this for the year two. Well, uh, no. Well, it's gonna you know it's gonna come and go depending on how I feel about the uh, depending things you on say. how you feel, yeah. yeah. Depending, D- depending on, how, many on shots. how stupid I can make you look, depending on what you wrote. So Fitch wrote, uh, quoting someone else, he says, on "Praying today. for revival, praying for revival, is code for quote we don't want to change ourselves, and so we're praying that God will change America back to the 1950s." Quote by you know Josh. Daffern, a, a Southern Baptist from from his blog post on uh, on his path. So praying for revival is really just hoping that we turn back the clock sixty years. That's outrageous, you know. Really, 
Uh, you know it's so true. I have gone to numerous places, I don't want to mention them by name, where uh, we've been preached, where I've heard preaching, we need revival. And what revival is, is we need to get back to what we were doing in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And uh, we need to be, we need to quit making idolatry out of this and this and this. But we need to get back to this and this and this. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I think it, it is so true. Now, that doesn't mean that in the last 200 years, the Great Awakenings, other places, there's been a revival of the Christian faith that's needed to take place because Christendom had become dead, dormant, uh, and people were just being cultural Christians. So there is a place for the church to be revived, but too often that revival is clamoring for a return to a Christendom of the past. And we shall not move forward in a mission by clamoring for the Christendom of the past. I like that statement by Josh. Way to go, Josh. I love it even more now that we're talking about it. So you're basically saying, just to wrap it up to what we were talking about, is revival that's calling for proselytes is bad. But revival, like the first and second Great Awakening, that issues in conversion is good. So I would like to pray and hope for revival. Can we do that for conversion? Uh Yes. No. Okay, good. So today, <laughs> so today we're not uh, wrapping up our Theology Gone Bad. We're going to extend. We got a little off our schedule, so we're going to extend our Theology Gone Bad entry based around leadership uh, for a couple more days. Uh, and so go to our homepage on Facebook, Theology on Mission, and enter uh, a comment there. Find us on Twitter with the hashtag Theology Gone Bad and give us your bad stories of leadership, leadership in the church or elsewhere. Are you sure Jesus this is CEO. an uplifting practice for the Church of Jesus Christ in, in uh, North and America? And let us know. Uh, uh, well, we'll see. We could change it. We could do Theology Gone Great uh, next week, possibly. We need Theology Gone Great, not Theology Gone <laughs> Bad. So, uh, moving right along to wrap up. Dave, what are you reading? Yeah, I brought up with me... Uh, a uh, book we talked about the last podcast or the one before that. I talked about it. Lamont Santa's book, Disciples of All Nations, Pillars of World Christianity. I started reading it. That's actually where I ran into this, this Andrew Walls article again. And uh, again, here's an African uh, scholar of world Christianity, teaches at Yale, that's uh, helping us see the trajectories of how the church went into the world and converted whole, uh, whole cultures instead of uh, just the Euro colonialism, which predominated in the West, which did proselytization. And I just think it, it's apropos uh, given what we talked about today in the podcast. And his classic translating the message kind of shows that that um, process by which Christianity was translated. Its literal words were translated, but also its customs and practices were translated throughout multiple cultures. And he contrasts that with other religions and other ways of not doing that. Right, and we got to be careful with the word translation because Lamont Santa means something different than what the Euro uh, colonialists mean by translation. Right. So what have I been reading? Uh, I just started Larry Hurtado's brand new book called Destroyer of the Gods. Destroyer of the Gods, and it's about the early church and how, in one sense, they went into the world, the Mediterranean world of their time, and started converting these things. I was reading a chapter on the particularly bookish religion that Christianity was, how they made all these letters and documents and they copied them. And I mean, it was just like, they're so prolific as far as a religious movement. In one sense, they much were reflecting uh, philosophical schools as far as creating, producing and reading texts um, in groups. 
Uh, but that's for another discussion. So it's super fascinating. You were reading that book, The Patient Ferment? Yes. Uh, a little bit. Alan Kreider. So it's uh, it's a little bit like that about how the church went into the world and how it was similar and different. Um, how to, new is this book? It's like three weeks old. Wow. Yeah. It's brand Because Hurtado was influential about, I don't know, that book he wrote 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Lord that. Jesus Christ yes. on the, the early worship of Jesus. Uh, that's a fantastic book, too. So anything by Larry Hurtado just about is worth reading if you're into uh, the New Testament, Christology, or early church. All right. All right. So wrapping it up, uh, thank you for listening. We value your thoughts and comments. Do you want people to write a review this week? Yeah, write a review. take a week off on writing a review. He says that. Well, we haven't gotten any reviews recently, so I'm going to start getting desperate. Uh, I know there's a lot of people listening. You say you're traveling all the time and people are saying they love listening to it. So if you're out there and you do love it, just give us four minutes of your time. Write a review or at least uh, give us a five stars. That would be fantastic. All right, everybody. It's great to be with you one more time. We're in the Griffith Griffith Recording Studio. Griffith Recording Studio live from Northern Seminary. It's got a window. We look over the parking lot, unfortunately. (laughs) But till next time, it's Dave Fitch and Jeff Holsclaw. Over and out.